Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. We have a special edition today. You know, we've been talking a lot of NBA playoffs and uh, upcoming with football, but we haven't talked any hockey. So we have the man for the job here, because Marshall, he doesn't like talking hockey. We got Matt Harrington, the voice of the Peoria Mustangs and Bradley Club Hockey. Thank you for joining us, Matt. Once again, this is your second time on the Yeah, podcast. thanks for having me back, Mitch. I'm excited to be here. Well, the ratings went through the roof on your first episode, <laughs> so we're like, all right, we, we need a shot in the arm for the NHL playoffs. Um, let's get right into it. Um, what have your been impressions? Uh, what would... Your impressions of the first round, uh, or the, the playoffs in general, did you like the format, what they did with the bubble seat, uh, teams? Because they were kind of the, the NHL was the first league to really put out this uh, sort of format with the right. bubble city in Edmonton, and then they had the play-in games. Uh, so did you like it, or do you think some teams got hosed, like the Penguins in uh, Edmonton, that like they should have made the playoffs, and then they kind of got screwed? You know, I've liked the format overall. I think uh, the bubble has worked out really well, uh, given the, the current status right now of the pandemic and everything. I think that... It's been really good. It was awesome to have hockey pretty much all day, every day, up uh, up for about a month or so until we've dwindled down the teams here. So I've really enjoyed the format. I don't know if it's something I'd want to see every year, but I think given the current circumstances, it's worked out perfectly, and uh, I've liked it a lot. It's been really fun to watch. I agree with you. It was funny, too, because I thought it would be weird with no fans. Because like the part mm-hmm. of the, the joy of the playoff hockey is just like the atmosphere of it and like the right on top of the players. And so, like, the setup kind of reminded me of NHL 3s when they had, like, the side. I don't know if you ever played that moment mm-hmm. with all the time. But, like, I thought it was really uh, cool how they did it. Like, the games were meaningful all of a sudden. You got playoff hockey right off the bat with those playing games. And even the bubble games, they had some meaningful games there with, like, Colorado, St. Louis, and all them jockeying for position to try and get in. So, uh, I, I did enjoy it. I'm, I'm with you, though. Um, it, I think one season's enough because I think a team, like, you know, I watched it as a Hawks fan. You're watching that Oilers series, and that was great for the Hawks, but they had no business making the playoffs. Uh, yeah, they shouldn't have been in. And an Oilers team that deserved to make it kind of got screwed but uh it is what it is so do any teams out of all the matchups you've seen here uh impressions of the first round uh the, thus far or first or second round which team stood out to you uh any surprises in the bracket that you saw well i, I think the team that impressed me the most so far is the vegas golden knights uh they were rolling through uh the first round and the second round until they they went up 3-1 against the Canucks and then let that slip, had the series tied, but they dominated the Canucks throughout that series yeah. in terms of shots on goal. And, you know, the Canucks had Thatcher Demko, who came in and was an absolute stud for three games, and unfortunately it wasn't enough for Vancouver to advance. But to me, Vegas has really stood out. They've been really good offensively. They score a lot of goals. Also, Dallas, they've scored a lot of goals too. And you saw it against their series against Colorado. Um think any of the remaining teams have a legit shot to win this thing but to me it, it, what also stood out was the surprise eg, uh, exits of those top teams of uh, Edmonton and Pittsburgh in the qualifying rounds those were the top teams yeah. and both of them got knocked out in the first round it just shows you how much parity there is in this league I mean any one of these teams can win it you know compare it to basketball where you, you only look at two or three solid teams that have a shot at winning so all the teams have been really impressive. The one team that's kind of impressed me the most, I think, was the Vancouver Canucks. Because mm-hmm. that's a team that's kind of like a year mm-hmm. early. They weren't expected to do much. And the fact that they were able to take that series to a Game 7 uh, showed a lot of character there. And in their first round, they knocked off the defending Stanley Cup champs in the St. Louis Blues. Yep. Uh, so I was very impressed by them and just how they hung around. They didn't fold because I thought that series was going to be over in five games against I Vegas. Agree. Uh, I think Vegas is a much better team. But they hung around. Uh, they surprised me. 
Um, Colorado, Colorado Avalanche was a little disappointing. That's also kind of why I'm so impressed with the stars because I was watching the Avalanche in those uh, playing the qualifier games, I guess, the round robin tournament, and they dismantled the stars in one of those to end up getting the two seed uh, over them. So I'm like, oh, this is a team to watch out for. And then uh, they ended up getting knocked out in seven by the Dallas Stars. The stars of the team, I picked them to win the Stanley Cup before the year. So I'm hoping they can continue this run just to make me look smart. But I don't know if you watched that game one last night. It, it was pretty ugly, and I don't think they're going to be able to beat a team like Vegas if they're winning one nothing. Because like you said, they're going to score a lot of goals, and they need some offense. It, it's a different change of pace with this Vegas series because, you know, with Colorado, I, I think I saw something where it was like they had the most goals scored in that series, in a seven-game series, I think, ever between the two teams or yeah. something crazy like that. and. You know, they've got a lot of depth goal scoring wise, but yeah, they're gonna need to find a way to produce more goals. And Flurry was really good last night in game one, only the one goal allowed, and it was a loss for Vegas. But yeah, it's gonna be a change of pace here for Dallas for sure. Do you if you're coaching the Golden Knights, are you going with uh Lanner or um Flurry here? Because like they mm-hmm. they Lanner just won a game seven. Yep. Like, all right, we don't need you anymore. We're putting Flurry in for game one. So I mean they're both solid goalies. They've both been through it. I mean, Flurry obviously has Stanley Cup experience, but Leonard's the guy that's kind of got him through two series, right. uh, and then he's getting benched game one. Which yeah, is it's a tough decision, certainly. I think the the decision, more or less, to, to go with Flurry last night was based on the fact that they only had one day off to get ready for the next round, and yeah. uh, they threw him out there, and he played really well. It, it was just a matter of uh, you know getting used to that new environment in the series. I think... The hot goalie right now should be Leonard. I think that's who they should go with. But you mentioned Mark andre Fleury has won three Stanley Cups. Yeah. I mean, he is a very good goaltender. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame when all is said and done. And, it, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what head coach Pete DeBoer goes with here uh, in this series. So my pick would be Leonard, but either one, I think, is going to be a good choice. I, I, I think so, too. Well, Watching that series, too, and this is the other reason I'm concerned about the Stars, because the Stars need to beat you by scoring. Like That's their MO. They're a really good goal-scoring team. Uh, and they only scored one goal yesterday. Vegas was coming off a game seven, so they had a little, they were, uh, the Stars were a little more rested. They looked faster than them in the first two periods, and they were out shooting them by a lot. Yet they only won by one goal, and it came really close near the end, and they kind of looked worn down, so... That's something to keep an eye on. On the other side of the bracket, we got the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. Uh, is there any surprise on there? Who, who do you like um, out of that half of the bracket? Uh, well, I'm not surprised at all that Tampa's here. I think no, most I people would have would have picked Tampa to at least make it this far uh, in the playoffs. I am a little surprised to see the Islanders. I mean, they were the sixth seed in the playoffs going in, uh, third lowest and seventh uh, before the qualifying round. So uh, they were a little bit of a surprise, but they've played really well. And they've got a great head coach in Barry Trotz, who won the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals a couple years ago. So uh, I think that's going to be a good series as well. Lightning Islanders, my pick is personally the Lightning, but I I think think this is going to be a six, seven-game series. Are you at all concerned with Stamkos being out and Kucherov being banged up that they're going to be able to keep scoring at the clip they've been uh, scoring? I mean, Yeah, it's it's a little concerning for sure. Stamkos has been out the whole playoffs. He's been out since uh, February or March, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Kucherov, uh, he should be back for Game 1 tonight uh, of that series. So they'll need him to get right back in the lineup. And they've got some good depth, too. Pallad has been really good. Braden Point as well for Tampa. So they will certainly need uh, some help, but I think they are going to be pretty set on the offensive side of things. That's another team, too. They have champions. I mean, they've been to the uh, conference finals, I think, like, three of the past four mm-hmm. years or something like that yeah. and just haven't been able to get over the hump 
do you think they will be able to this year, or do you think they're coming up short? Because I'm taking, the, I think the Western Conference Final, like with, between Goldust and the Stars, that's why I'm picking to win the Stanley Cup. I think whoever comes out of that is going to win. Uh, I said the Stars before the series, but I know Vegas, they're a hungry team too. They've been there, mm-hmm. and like they... They got knocked out early, I guess, but last year by your San Jose Sharks. So yeah. they got, uh, you know, they, they got a little fire lit under them this year. I Certainly, think. I think Tampa and Vegas are two teams that are both uh, vying for that Stanley Cup after disappointing exits. You know, last year Tampa won 62 games in the regular season, and then they were swept in the first round. Uh, and Golden, the Golden Knights had an epic collapse against the Sharks last year in the playoffs. Uh, but my my pick to come out of the East is the Lightning. Uh, I think they're just too good offensively. And they're on a revenge tour. It kind of reminds me of uh, the Virginia Cavaliers yes, men's basketball yes. team when they uh, got uh, eliminated by UMBC as a uh, number one seed. And th- they came back and won the national championship the next year. So I think I'm getting a lot of Virginia Cavalier vibes with the Tampa Bay Lightning this year. Because they didn't only get – they got knocked out by an eight seed last year, and they got swept by the Blue right. Jackets. So that was, like, pretty embarrassing for the number one overall seed. I, I think that's a very – Good comparison. It'll it's interesting to see if the uh, goaltending holds up. And I know they do have they got a lot of scoring depth there, and hopefully they get healthy. And they're doing it all without Stamkos, so that's an encouraging sign. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I, I'm going Stars Lightning in my Stanley Cup final, and I think I'm gonna yeah, you got the Stars uh, winning that one. Um, did you have Lightning? You said or yes. You uh, yep, Lightning in the Eastern Conference Final for me in uh, six games. I'll say. Over the Islanders? Over the Islanders, Islanders. Okay. yeah. And Stanley Cup, who you got? Yeah, who? This this Vegas-Dallas series is going to be tough. I know on paper Vegas is the favorite, but I really like the Stars game. They've got a really good defensive core of Haskinen, Klingberg, Alexia. Klingberg was impressive yeah. last night. He scored that one goal. Because he used to be a guy that would take a lot of chances offensively, and now mm-hmm. he's just kind of picking his spots. But I think he was really dictating the pace of play on the ice yesterday, and he scored the lone goal that game. I thought he, he played a really yeah. nice game. Yeah, and I, I also like uh, the forwards have been really good as well for Dallas. You know, Sagan and Ben are the two names that stand out on paper, but they've gotten guys like Joe Pavelski, the longtime mm-hmm. San Jose Shark, who was chasing his first Stanley Cup. And then they've also got uh, other guys, uh, Gurianov, he's a rookie. He is tied for the team lead in goals. And uh, uh, Kirivana for the Stars had a hat trick in Game 7. I he think was a, only second playoff yeah, game, too, this yeah, year. Yeah, he was a late addition to the lineup, and he came up uh, bigger than anyone I've ever seen. So they've got a lot of forward depth that can score a lot of goals for the team. So I'm going to pick the Stars in 7 in that series. Do you think the lack of fans is infected, uh, has affected the, like, if you're a player, you're putting your mm-hmm. mind as a player, do you think no fans is like affecting the intensity of these games? Or oh, is this absolutely. Like you're, just, you're used to it. I, We're playing for the Stanley Cup, or like, do you think? Do you think it's a factor in the, any of these? I, I do. I think it is different because you know when you're, let's say, you go on the road, you lose the first two games of a series. You've got that feeling that coming home, you're like, okay, we got the fans behind our back. We've got a chance to get back in this thing. And a lot of the times, the teams will end up tying the series at two games apiece. So I think the players are probably used to it by now. But I think the first round or the second round was probably a little bit different not having the fans there uh, and having that atmosphere, which certainly contributes to the play on ice. I, I agree, and I think even the travel is like mm-hmm. a factor. Because you look, say you get uh, the, uh, I don't even know, like you have to travel cross-country. You get like Tampa Bay, uh, and, or the, well, even with Tampa Bay and New York, that's mm-hmm. like a pretty long plane ride, or you're switching time zones or whatever, uh, where that could be a factor too, and now you don't have to worry about it. I do think the best team... Is gonna win this thing because there's like no other factors. You just I, best I teams agree. are gonna win, and I think we've seen that pretty much throughout the uh, the playoffs here. I mean, it's been pretty much chalk if you look 
I mean, besides maybe Vancouver and the Blues, but uh, Blues, I don't know. They they look pretty bad the whole back half of that. And the, and the Islanders are the only team left from the qualifying round, yeah. too, which tells you that, you know, you had to win an extra series if you were going to be a qualifying round and go on to win the Stanley Cup. Mm. So you see that those top teams are still pretty much all there. Especially in, like, NHL playoffs, too. You Usually when you're filling out a bracket, you can never do all chalk. Mm-hmm. You'll see teams like the Kings when you're the eight seed are gonna win the Stanley Cup. And mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise anyone. They they're just used to it. So, and that's definitely interesting uh, to see some storylines from the bubble. And I want to hear your take on it. Tuukka Rask opts out. The Bruins had a very good team. I think they had a Stanley Cup contending team. Yaroslav mm-hmm. Halak, I believe it was, had to get thrown in uh, in duty for him. Uh, he left for family reasons. If you are a Bruins fan, are you upset with Tuukka Rask? Or hey, I understand it. There's no fans there. This doesn't mean as much. You know. I- from my perspective, I understand what Tuka Rask had to do, and the thing is, you got to go family over everything. Yeah. It's a very tough situation to be in. You know, this is something where if we were out of the bubble, he'd probably still be able to play. Um, I'm sure Bruins fans were upset at first and didn't really understand, but uh, I'm sure you've heard he had his daughter in the hospital, and it makes sense to me. I get it. It's tough as a Bruins fan. You want to see the best players on your team, but I totally understand it. I support it. And I, I just don't understand the, the upset Bruins fans at all. No, he said something that was interesting. He said it doesn't really feel like a real Stanley Cup because there's no fans. He's like, it just kind of seems like fake. Do you, if you, say your Sharks win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to imagine. But, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> would you hold this one as, as a high regard as like another year? Like, do you think with the no fans and having to do it in a bubble during a pandemic, it means a little bit more? Or like, hey... Kind of like with baseball, the 60-game season, I know that it's different because they got through most of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it means uh, less. Uh, how are you holding this Stanley Cup? I, I think this is the the hardest Stanley Cup ever to win mm-hmm. just because, you know, you look at the season and you go, you stop it in the middle of the March right as you're gearing up for the playoffs. You have to put everything on pause for like four or five months, and then you're just expected to pick it up and resume in playoff action just like that. So... And again, if you're a qualifying team like the Islanders, this is a hard Stanley Cup to win because you have to get through that qualifying round. So I think this is going to be the hardest Stanley Cup to win. I know not everybody agrees with me on that, but given the fact that they just had to pick it up right where they left off, that's very, very hard to do. And I think that it's going to be uh, tough for any of these teams to grind it out and win. I agree. And I was surprised initially when you're looking at those qualifying rounds, just like how quick these guys were in shape because i thought mm-hmm. they'd be a little rusty the intensity was like right where it needed to be i thought they the, the quality of hockey was pretty high right off the bat i, I was surprised there wasn't any rust and then like you had guys like Corey crawford for the hawks he tested positive for corona mm-hmm. so he's playing coming off of that and he still played i mean it wasn't his highest level but he was still playing at a pretty high level so props to all these guys and also props that no one's really uh, tested positive for it yeah. the nhl's done a great job uh with that all right Next big topic, I think. Did, I don't. Did you see the Ryan Reeves hit? I yeah. did. Yes. Did, what, what, do you think it was worth a suspension? Or not I do. I do think it was worth a suspension. I don't think Reeves was trying uh, to hurt anybody with that hit, but I think when you look at it on the replay, it's a bad hit. I think he probably should have gotten two games. Really? I will take one. Uh, I've always thought Ryan Reeves has been kind of a dirty player. Yeah, I think the and reputation has nothing yes, to do with that. And I was a little surprised that given his past history and the fact that he's been suspended before that he didn't get more games so uh, I don't think it really deserved anything more than two or three if that but yes I do think he should be suspended and he sat his game out last night and he'll be back uh, tomorrow night final topic uh, NHL draft it was weird 
they had the lottery, and like if, if it's like only hockey could do this, that at the end of the night we didn't know who the number one right. overall pick was. Uh, it ended up going to the Rangers, I believe. That's and they're going to yep. probably draft Alexis Lafreniere. Lafreniere, uh, La- 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 I believe. Lafreniere. Yeah. Do you think he's gonna, uh, as advertised? Uh, how much? Like, I mean, I, I don't know a lot. Everyone just saying he's like a generational type player. But I heard other guys like Pierre Maguire saying like he's good, but he's like he's no Wayne Gretzky. Right. I mean, who is? And he's very good. He's very good. He's definitely a number one overall pick. Is he a Connor McDavid type player? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but he's still going to be a guy that's going to make an instant impact on the most likely the Rangers unless they make a huge mistake. Uh, but no, he will have a significant and serious impact on that franchise that already has a lot of uh, young talent on it. They had picked Capococco last year at number two in the draft. So yeah, I think it's going to be huge for the Rangers. I think we're going to have a chance to see this Rangers team be really, really good for years to come. I don't think starting next year, but they're going to be a lot better <laughs> in the years Temi to come. Temi too yes. on that line. Yeah. Do you think Lundqvist sticks around or is he on the back nine you got to replace him? I think they have to get him out because, you know, he's an older guy, and I believe he's a free agent at the end of the season, too. I think it's time to move on, get some youth in there. And they had a, a, a couple of young goalie uh, tandem this year as yeah. well. So it's time to move on, I think. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah. One of the all-time great goalies, though, that never won a Stanley Cup. That's a shame, too. I yeah. always love the King. It's a, it's a damn shame seeing him get replaced like that. But, I, yeah, it is. Speaking of guys that haven't won a Stanley Cup, Connor McDavid. Are you concerned that they might he might be a Mike Trout guy that mm. hey best player in hockey he's not he's probably not going to win one do you think you think he stays in Edmonton long term or do you think they start building around him because that's a team that they they should have beat the Hawks this year I, I oh I totally agree with you they should have beaten the Hawks and it should have been quick yeah uh, oh yeah a, a three game sweep so you know I I do feel bad uh, for Connor McDavid. And also Leon Dreisaitl, he mm. won the Art Ross Trophy for most points scored, and he's on the Oilers as well. It's really those two and then everybody else on that team. And, you know, the Oilers have had the opportunity to build around him. They've had so many number one picks over the years, even before McDavid, and they just really haven't gotten much production out of those picks. You know, Taylor Hall is doing really well right now with the Arizona Coyotes, won the MVP with the yeah. New Jersey Devils last year. Uh, it's Tough Jordan to, Everly, another right. high guy that's yep. no longer with them. I think the only Nugent Hopkins is still around, but I still feel like he's been pretty disappointing too. Right. He's just been like an okay player when they're expecting to get the top tier guy. He's he's not a name that stands out to you, really. No. And uh, they also had uh, Nail Yakupov, who was another oh, one that pick, was so disappointing. and he's not in the league anymore. So yeah, they have had the chance to build around him, and they just haven't really had any success. So what well, bad drafting, I, I suppose. Yeah. Any final thoughts on these the, these playoffs? Well, I, big takeaway, I suppose. I've enjoyed it. I really have. It's been so great to have hockey back and to be able to pretty much watch all the time. And uh, we've had some late games, some really good games. We had that uh, five overtime game between the Lightning oh, and the Blue Jackets. That was a wild one, yeah. That was a fun one. Um, but, yeah, my pick uh, to win the Cup is the Tampa Bay Lightning over the Dallas Stars. Before the playoffs, I picked Colorado and Tampa with Colorado winning. Um, but I'm going to go with Tampa to win it. I just think that they're too good offensively, defensively. they got a great goaltender in Andre Vasilevsky, and I think they're going to get revenge uh, from their early exit last year in the playoffs and beat the Dallas Stars in uh, five games, I'll say. In five the, games. In the Stanley Cup. There you go. I'm taking Dallas to win. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to go, I'll go six. Dallas and six. Although it's going to be a war against Vegas. 
It will. Um, and I'm like I said, I was a little concerned watching them last night because they should have won that game by a lot more. But said it before the season, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to go Stars. I'm going to win the Stanley Cup over the Tampa Bay Lightning. I jumped the gun a little bit. There's one more thing I want to get to. Okay. Uh, so obviously we had the whole Black Lives Matter protest and everything, and I think the NHL kind of made a powerful statement with Matt Dumba coming out, and he had all the players uh, behind him, and they took a day off, him and Ryan Reeves. Um, but they, some players voicing concern like, hey, the NHL is always kind of like the last one to kind of speak out against these things, and it is a predominantly white league. Do you think the NHL has taken the proper steps uh, to address these issues? Like, how do, how do you think their reaction was to all the events that have unfolded over these past couple months? I think they handled it very badly. Um, yeah. They, they, like you said, they have always kind of been the last to the party on, on the social justice issues and race issues because, like you said, they're a predominantly white league, and that should not be an excuse for them just sit back and, and kind of do nothing. You know, one thing that stood out to me is, you know, with the NBA playoffs, you have Black Lives Matter on the court and, and whatnot. Now, NBA is a mostly black league, but with the NHL, I don't think the NHL ever made any statement of any sort that said Black Lives Matter until about a week ago or two weeks yeah. ago. And to me, that was way too long. Uh, they should have been at this a lot earlier. And rightfully so, a lot of the prominent black players in the league, Evander Kane, Matt Dumba, were very outspoken about how badly the NHL has handled the situation. And so I'm glad that they did that. I think the NHL has started to get a little bit better at it, but they still need, there's a lot of work to do about promoting diversity in hockey. Like you said, I think the league is like 94% white. I mean, you got to get some more diversity in there and um, having those prominent uh, black hockey players like Evander Kane, Matt Dumba speak out is a good start. But the NHL has a lot of work to do. I agree. Especially you got guys like P.K. Subban, who's mm-hmm. one of the league's most marketable players, right. if not the most marketable. So you would think you'd want to be getting more guys and making it a more inclusive league. So I do agree with you uh, on that end. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This is Matt Harrington, voice of the Bradley Braves and Peoria Mustangs. Uh Thank you for coming back on and sharing your hockey insight. Yeah, with thanks us. for having me, Mitch. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week.